Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, I'm still here. It's still summertime. <laughs> We're having a good a good summer so far. Yeah. But I'm about to leave, Sean. I'm I'm about to yeah. go on a trip. Yeah. Where are you going, Scott? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Prague. Yeah. I've never been before, and uh, I got a lot of work to do. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Very important work. Yeah, yeah, lots of work to do there, and national uh, security work. As, as a result, I'm not going to be able to be here for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to run some stuff that you have already recorded. Yeah. So so next week we're going to. It's the kickoff of Pride Month, of course. June being Pride Month in Canada, at least. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it is around the world, hmm. uh, but certainly in Canada. So we will uh, be dropping the episode we recorded at the Gay Nationals, which this year were in Ottawa. So we headed over to the Ottawa Curling Club and got the scoop on what was going on there and uh, talked to some of the competitors as well as the organizers. So we'll run that next week and uh, give give you a sense of that. And then I haven't decided which one I'm going to run after that. All right, we'll keep a, keep it in yeah, suspense. Yeah, keep a lid on that. But we got some stuff already recorded and some other stuff in the hopper. Great. That's great. Yeah, we got a pretty big hopper. A and big it's hopper. like about, about two-thirds full right now. What's a hopper? It's the thing where I put all the ideas. <laughs> okay. It's the hopper. So <laughs> last week, Sean, we talked about the, the power rankings for the women's teams around yes. the world. This week, we're going to talk about the men's teams. Yes. So and whereas last week, I came up with the list and you criticized me. This week, you came up with the list for the men's team and I get to criticize you. Great. This will be fun. <laughs> do you want to go 1 to 10 like we did for the women or do you want to go 10 to 1? Well, let's go 1 to 10 because I don't think there's really going to be any Surprises drama or any top. suspense with who number one's going to be. Okay. So I think there'll be a little more suspense as to who makes it into the bottom of the list than who would be at the top. So let's let's start with number one and uh, who you got. So, Sean, you went with the order of merit. I sort of looked at the money list and it's roughly the same. So uh, number one, I'm going to take the most tired team out there. <laughs> and that's going to be Kevin Cooey, Sean. Kevin Cooey, they played hundred and. 12 games this year or 113 it's a lot that's a lot of curling yeah right? like i played boy. about 45 to 50 and i felt like that was a lot and they they won four events yeah we're second in another six events pretty good uh just just really really good uh yeah. of course winning the briar winning the grand final and winning that uh, first leg of the world cup in suzhou yeah. uh Great year for this yeah. team. We know one of our listeners will be very happy. Yeah, I would just like to say, just as a, a point of, of context, and this is the only time I'll, I'll do this, I, I hope, uh, for as much as they played and for as good as they were, 512 points is what they earned on the order of merit this year. Rachel Holman and her team did not play as much, had 529 points. So just to talk about yeah. how dominant that team was uh, in, in comparison, but... For Kevin Koo, you're right. They played so much. I mean, two trips to China is exhausting to mm-hmm. to try and do that. Uh, fortunately for Kevin Cooey, he decided to win the Briar at a year where he didn't have to go to Europe for a world championship. Yeah, yeah. So he, he didn't have to, uh, all that much travel there. But 
man, oh man, these guys. I hope that Kevin Cooey is out of the hyperbolic chamber that I assume he sleeps in. Hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric, hyperbolic, yeah. <laughs> That's me being hyperbolic about what he sleeps in. Um, I, I, I hope that he's feeling okay because it's just an insane amount of curling. Yeah, 112 games, I double-checked, that's it. 82 wins, 30 losses, uh, 7.95 points four per game against only 5.49 against. That's pretty good. Uh, differential of two points, they're just very, very, very good. Yeah, and as we talked about, though, with the Canada, or the, the Grand Final, not the Grand Final, the, uh, the Champions Cup, that final that they played against Brandon Botcher and his team, it seemed like they they, they they were acting like a team that had spent a lot of time together. There was a little bit of shortness in some of the communication and some of the interactions there. So it would be a good chance for them to get away. I'm sure they'll play a couple rounds of golf at least together with each other over the course of the summer and come back fresh in the new year. Yeah, exactly. And, and so we'll move on to number two in the list because these two are really 1-1A, one and, one and that's Nicholas Adine. Sure. Maybe the only team that played more. Uh, I'm seeing 115 games here, according to Curling Zone. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, of course, the reigning world champions. Yep. Uh, picking up his fourth world championship, Nicholas Adin. I want to say that's right. I will. I will fact check you on that, though. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, uh, playing all over the world, Nicholas Adin bouncing back from. You know, he's had back problems in the past, mm-hmm. some leg problems. So. For him to play that much and to be so, so good and come back from that devastating gold medal loss at the Olympics to, to John Schuster. For sure. Who we may or may not talk about later. It's it's just incredible what they do and how they keep doing it. Uh, they're just really fun to watch and, by all accounts, good guys off the ice, too. Yeah, so, you, yeah, so four world championships, you were correct there, and back-to-back world championships, of course, beating Brad Gushu in the final there. Uh, or excuse me, uh, yeah, at uh, 2018, beating uh, Bruce yeah. in that final in 2017. Of course, he or 2018, and of course lost the final to Brad Gushu in 2017. Yeah, so three straight World Championship finals yes. for him. Now there was some debate on Twitter between it was Twine Time and I don't know who else was was involved in this, but the argument that Twine Time was trying to refute or at least debate with was that if Nicholas Adine was Canadian, he would be a middling player. Yeah, that's insane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and so the argument was well he has only won four world championships because he gets to he go gets every to year. Go. Which okay, but if he was in a Briar, he would be a strong favorite in a Briar. Sure, sure. Like his grand slam the, so the argument was that his grand slam record isn't great. He's only got three wins in the Grand Slams, mm-hmm. but like okay, yeah, like so what? I, I mean, you you look at sort of the overall resume; it's really really good. Yeah, the body of work is there, and I, I believe what you're referencing was a debate about whether is this the decade of Cooey, or is it the decade of a Dean? Right, right, yep. and and sure, Kevin Cooey doesn't have as many World Championships, but that's because he didn't go every year. Sure, so. It's a bit of a it's a bit yeah. of a tough debate, yeah. and also for context, Kevin Cooey's won five Grand Slams. Yeah, not that so, many. Right, more. so it's not like he's just racking them up. No, no, no. Of course not. And it seems on the men's side, uh, at least this year, the, the field was a little bit. Uh, there's a little more parity. Yeah, maybe, maybe the top is still the top. 
and you'd expect to get the same people making semifinals all the time. Mm-hmm. Of course, Kevin Cooey, we didn't mention, also won that uh, Humpty's Cup. Yeah, the Champions, Champions Cup. Champions Cup. Yeah. Uh, by amassing enough points, but but didn't win a Grand Slam. No, but he played in enough finals. So yeah, exactly. He played in finals, played in semifinals, and and there you have it. Uh, the maybe the knock against Nicholas Adin this year is he won the World Championships. Sure, he won the Swedish Championship to get there, but the only other event he won was the Swiss Cup. Sure. In Basel, uh, and so maybe you could say that. But I mean, he's second and third at all these other. <laughs> Yeah, he made events. two finals at World Cups, final at the yeah. Europeans. Like, I mean, he's when he shows up, he's gonna do well way more often than not. Yeah, they they're they only lost thirty one games on the year compared to Kevin Cooey with thirty. So right, and they played a hundred something games. Yeah, I lost at least thirty one games, and I only played forty <laughs> something. So you know, were we that bad? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we were. So that's my number two. All right, team. yeah. So let's go. So who who you got at number three? So number three, this is where I deviate a bit. Uh, I'm gonna go with Brendan Botcher, okay. number three. Uh, the next team we'll talk about is still ahead of them, but uh, the way they closed out the season was just incredible. Yeah, uh, winning two events, making it to the Briar final for the second year in a row, uh, getting as they say cooed yeah. there in the Briar final, and if you have the Women's World Championship as your Number one game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was pretty good too. The Briar final. The Briar final was good. Not as good end to end though. No, you're right. You're right. There was a little. It was a little quieter through the middle of that game. Uh, but yeah, definitely a, a very strong season for them. Three Grand Slams, as you said, um, and of course they were also in that Tour Challenge final as well that yeah, they lost. So that's right. Four finals for them. Just incredible and i think they skipped the first two events so yeah they didn't play in all of them yeah yeah they had a, a slower start to, to their year on purpose and this is a young team that still you know still has room to grow and uh, they're so talented uh I, don't, I think the sky's the limit for them yeah i think we're at a point too where we have to look at brad Thiessen as the best sweeper in the world right now you know Ben will still give him a run for his money, I'm sure. But what Brad Thiessen does to these stones is is crazy. Yeah, and and especially to see it in person. Yeah, it it doesn't translate that well to TV, but on the overhead shot at least. Mm-hmm. But if you're behind the sheet in person and you watch him carve something or hold, it's incredible. Right. what this guy can do. And and pretty funny story at the Roar of the Rings last year. I was uh, volunteering, so I was down in the bowels there of the Canadian Tire Center. Sure. And uh, I saw Brad Thiessen, and he was trying to get in. And one of the volunteers <laughs> said, who are you? And he's, he's like, oh, I forgot my credential. I'm Brad. I'm playing. Like, <laughs> he had to convince right. the, the, the volunteer that he actually was one of the players. I don't think that mistake will happen anymore after the last two seasons that this team's had. Probably not. No. It would have been funny if they didn't let him in. We got a little gunner action yeah. there. Um, yeah, but that's risky to to forget your badge. They don't play. That's they don't yeah. have spares. They don't have coaches. No. They they just show up the four of them normally. Yeah, they and do. Yeah. So I mean, you you know, Brad, you got to keep your badge with you, buddy. Yeah, we'll we'll see if that's the next step for this team. Right, is to get some coaching. Right. Uh, at the events themselves, uh, they haven't looked like they've needed it so far. No, but you know, we'll see if they. If they employ some help to match stones or or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and of course they at the Canada Cup. We we'll remember too, 
this is that's one of the few times that we've ever seen them rattled at the Canada yeah. Cup back in December. Yeah. Right, Brendan Botcher, they ran out of time a exactly. couple of times with that per end timing. One time, Brendan Botcher was barely halfway down the ice to throw and they had run out of time. Mm-hmm. And the official had to come out and sort of tap Darren Mullen on the shoulder and say, hey, you're, you ran out of time. So, yeah, that would be the next step for moments like that sure. on, on the rare occasion where they might get rattled. So you're curious to see what the evolution of the team is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I mean, they have a good coach in waiting, perhaps, if they want to. If Carrick Martin wants to call his father, yeah, yeah, uh, we might see, uh, might see some of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that he's helped them along the way. Oh no, when I say call his father, I mean he could call his dad to ask for Jules' number. <laughs> um, that's sorry, that's what I meant. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Well, speaking of Jules Ocher, uh, the number four team on my list is Brad Gushu. Uh, n- not the best year by their standards, right? But they're yeah. they're still an amazing team. Uh, only lost 22 matches on the year. Uh, won the Princess Auto Elite 10 that we've spoken about before. One last plug for Princess Auto, Sean, <laughs> uh, before it goes away. Uh, and then a couple of second place finishes at the Stu Cells and the, the game or the event in China. Right. And other than that, some playoffs. I, I feel like they're playoffs at every every one of the Grand Slams. So yeah, really solid season. But again, you you compare that. It's maybe unfair to compare it to Brandon Botcher's season. But on the order of merit, 160 less points. Yeah, on the order of merit this season for Brad Gushu and that team. And admittedly for them, a, a bit of a lower schedule. They they were one of the teams playing the most games in the past two seasons. Right. Uh, gearing up for that Olympic push. And uh, this this year, without the points being on the line, taking a bit of a step a step back. Not uh, not a permanent one, but no. Uh, I still think they're at the same level as. Um, uh, Kevin Cooey when it comes to competing there for, for Briar titles. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we'll see a drop in the number of entries to the Newfoundland uh, Briar playdowns yes. this year. No question. <laughs> but, but I mean, I think they're still at that top top tier level, along with Brendan Botcher and Kevin Cooey. Yeah, I, I think the big question for Brad Gushu, on a personal note, is does his hip hold up? Right. That's the issue that he's had in the past with his hip. Does it hold up? It was obviously healthy for the past couple of years, but it's acted up before. And, you know, moving forward, does that become an issue again for him? And, you know, we just saw him out of sorts a couple of times. At the Briar, he never really had it, again, for his standard, for, for what we're used to for him. Struggled with draw weight there a little bit, mm-hmm. which is uncharacteristic for him. So... Just, yeah, a, a good season. Again, it, this is sort of like what we talked about with some of the other so, other players. Maybe Jennifer Jones might be a good comparison for what we talked about with the women, where right. if it was any other team in the country, with the exception of probably Kevin Cooey, we would say that's a great season. Great year, yeah. Solid season, really great performances all around. But because it's Brad Gushu, it feels like a bit of a down year. Uh, absolutely. I, I'm agreeing wholeheartedly with that. Now, now Sean, that's going to be my top tier of teams right those top four yeah and those top four are the top four in the order of merit not in that order but they're the top four in the order of merit so i think that's fair yeah that's there's a clear hierarchy there yeah i think that's the the top tier right now and then the next group of teams i'm going to talk about are the 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 next come up and coming teams okay more so than uh some of the older teams i've decided to omit brad jacobs team and 
um, John Epping's team because yep. they're going to change players next year. Sure. And I don't want to jump, rush any judgment about uh, who who wins, who loses, any of that stuff. Okay. I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to rush it, but okay. Okay, we'll we'll talk about them in the honorable mentions. No, we don't, we don't have to do that. All right, so the next team on my list uh, is the the number one Scottish team, Bruce, Bruce Mowat. Sure, the, and I think that's a reasonable choice there. Yeah, the uh, the European champions this year, uh, they did they had a pretty solid season in the Grand Slams. Of course, making that final, the one out in Newfoundland against uh, Ross Patterson, who again we may or may not uh, speak about. Won the Cur- the the Scottish Championships, won the Perth Masters, uh, some second places, third place finishers in there, uh, playoffs at four of the of the grand slams or four or five. Yeah. So yeah, overall a really solid year. Uh, and that European championship is the real highlight for them. For sure. Yeah. So uh, they're a team that's young on the rise. I, I see, uh, uh, they're the ones knocking at the door. They're the closest, I think of the rest of the teams. Yeah. And I think you mentioned Ross Patterson. I, I haven't seen your list. I don't know if he's on there, but with all due respect to Ross Patterson and to Glenn Muirhead, you know, last year, of course, they didn't get to go to the Olympics. Uh, yeah. Glenn Muirhead and his team did, and Ross Patterson was there as well. And, and we we went into this season looking at a three horse race a little bit. Glenn Muirhead didn't play that much internationally, at least mm-hmm. this year. But we went into the season not seeing who was going to emerge, and it was pretty clear that this team had the best of the year of those three teams, and Absolutely. cemented themselves as the favorite, if not the prohibitive favorite to represent Scotland moving forward and to be the team that when we talk about Scottish curling, that's who we're looking at now for the next 10 years. That may not happen that way, but it's a clearer picture right now than it was in September Mm -hmm. in trying to rank those three teams. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely broke away from the pack, I'd say, uh, with their performance this year. So the next team on my list, Sean, is going to be the Swiss team, Peter de Cruz. Okay. Uh, they're again at that tier where I think they can knock on the door. Uh, you know, you've got the three Canadian teams that could fight for a Canadian championship. Yep. These are the teams that could fight for the European championship or even the world championship. Uh, Peter de Cruz's team played 116 games this year. Jeez. So holy cow, they just played a lot, a lot. They won the Swiss championships, of course. Uh, the Aberdeen International they won, and the Curling Masters in Champéry. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a few European events that they won there. Uh, they also finished third at the World Championship, the bronze medal for them. yeah. And uh, third place at the Players' Championship as well. Yeah. And, and the Tour Challenge. So, you know, they're one of these teams that's... They're around. Around and in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, this is a team too. I mean, going in the Olympics... Last year, we talked about it as well. They're a team that they're always going to be around. They don't really ever get blown out. They're not a team that's going to show up and really just trip all over themselves and go 3-8 and in a long long event, a world championship type event. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be good, but you're never really expecting them to win when they're up against that top tier. Exactly. They can, and they're capable of it, but there's... They're, they're just sort of that step below, right? Whereas with the Mowat team, you see it and you, you think they can get there. Yeah. The the Peter de Cruz team, 
I'm not sure they can get there. Doesn't mean they can't, of course. Right. But it, they don't. I don't see that next level for them in the same way that I can see it with the Mao team. Right. And it was their first year with Sven Michel playing of course. third. Yeah. So we'll see how that relationship evolves over time. Benoit Schwartz is one of the coolest customers in all of curling. Yep. Uh, he's got ice water running through his veins. And yeah, they're one of those teams that that if they can if they can just turn it up just just a little bit, yeah. uh, they'll be up in that top tier. Yeah, for sure. So next team on my list, I have to look at my list to figure it out. <laughs> so this this is the the next start, step of the list where I'm really talking more aspirationally. Okay. So uh, we're at seven right now. So we're at seven, yeah. Okay. So the, the middle two there, they're sort of the next coming. Yeah. This is a little more aspirational. And uh, I'm, I've got Matt Dunstone here at seven. Sean. Whoa. Matt Dunstone. Wow. Yeah. They, they came on pretty strong at the end of the year, uh, winning a lot of money, it seems anyway and uh they're sort of if they keep going i think that kirk myers beating them in the saskatchewan final this year was sort of a feel-good story yeah but i think overall they're the better team they have more talent and with Braden playing third it, it just brings that little extra something to to the table that due respect to uh the kirk myers team they just don't really have right now Okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from with that. They're number 14 on the order of merit. And what what I have concerns about with this team that I wouldn't have concerns about with the Kirk Myers team is who calms these guys down, right? Mm-hmm. DJ Kidby, Catlin uh, Schneider, Braden Muscawi, Matt Dunstone. There isn't someone who has a long track record of being able to park bad things mm-hmm. in games, right? Mm-hmm. When we see these guys, you know, of course, this is the first time with Muscari, but we on this team, but we've seen him a lot in the past with Reed Carruthers. They, as a collective, or not as a collective, individually, have been in situations where we've seen them get rattled and be thrown off their games. And, you know, they're, the intensity is nice, but sometimes for each of them individually, especially Matt Dunstone throwing last, mm-hmm. we've seen it inhibit their ability to make shots. Yeah. So that, for me, is where my big concern is. If they figure that out... That's it. Then if they're they f- great. If they figure that out. And, and I think it's going to be up to Braden to, to really be that leader on the team. Uh, maybe it's just because he's bigger than the rest of them <laughs> that, I, that I think that. But I think he's also got the experience... I'm playing with Reed Carruthers for so long. He's been in more big games. He's he's sort of that X factor. I think he's good enough to do it. He was coming off an injury this year, of course, and uh, a bad injury too. Yeah, yeah, really bad. So They've left ankle issue or Achilles or something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I I hear what you're saying, but in the same way that your rankings, Sean, were a bit aspirational. Yep. Uh, the the bottom four on this list are. And I've got a couple honorable mentions as well. So. Okay. Well, That's my first stunner. Uh, that I'm very surprised to have them that high. Okay. Uh, next, The next team I had then is the aforementioned Ross Patterson. Okay. Uh, broke through with a win on tour this year in one of the Grand Slams, the one in Newfoundland. It was at the Boost National? I believe it was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, they're going to be battling with Team Mowat and, and Team Glenn Muirhead, as you said, uh, going forward there. 
you know, they're one of these teams that's always the second pick for Scotland. They went to a couple of the World Cup legs this year. Uh, didn't win anything, but uh, did okay. You know, they weren't yeah. uh, last place or anything. No. So, you know, I, I think they're, it's the same level, right? It's They're scratching to get into that next tier. Yeah, and the thing, too, I mean, Ross Patterson... You know, we sort of we've seen him. I mean, he's not old or anything, but these the three guys in front of him, uh, young, right? Very young, uh, yeah. young players. So as you say, a team that can grow together a little bit. Uh, you know, Duncan Menzies. I'd like to see Duncan Menzies go into a bar in Canada, um, and just like I, I don't think he'd make it two steps before <laughs> somebody asks him for his ID. <laughs> yeah, like it, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even take him ordering a drink. It, it would just be walk crossing the threshold. Uh, of the uh, of the bar, but yeah. So the, this is a team that you're right can grow together. I, I like them. Uh, to be honest, I like them more than the Mad Dunstone foursome. Yeah, uh, I might rank them ahead of the Dunstone team, but you know, similar reasoning I can see there. I, I just mm-hmm. have a little more confidence in them than I have in the Dunstone foursome. Yeah, and Michael Goodfellow being on their team, he's sort of the the elder right statesman uh, who's that been calming around. voice yeah. too that you, you bring that experience and not not that michael goodfellow is old but he's he's no. played in big games yeah. before yeah all right so the next two spots you know you could quibble with me on these two sean I'll i quibbled with you on the last two uh yeah i mean i put i put john uh, schuster oh here. man john schuster yeah they're they're fun to play or fun to watch play They've got all all the talent that they need. It's just whether they can, like, really harness it and prove that the, those days in in Korea were not just a fluke. Right. The, so, so my pushback to this is they did not win an event outside of the United States this year. Which, you're right. You're right. Which okay, like which is a sort of a weird qualifier because they won two things. Well, if you say that, then the Peter de Cruz team didn't win an event outside of Europe. Sure, right. reasonable. Um, but for for John Schuster and his team, what my concern with them is that I'm not convinced that they proved this season that. The Olympics wasn't a four-day hot streak. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they definitively proved that at all over the course of the season. They proved, I think, that they are obviously the best team in the United States, but also a team that can be competitive. And you look at the rash of playoff appearances that they had at various things. Yeah. That, yeah, they can show up and they, they can be competitive, which I think is a step up from where they were going into the Olympics last year. Yeah, I Where agree. you would be looking at them as a team that if they made the playoffs, it'd be fortunate for them. Yeah. So I think it's a step up, but I don't think they've cemented themselves as a team that when you're looking at a field, you're saying, oh, that's a championship threat. Unless you're trying to win a picks contest against your brother, and uh, sure, <laughs> you yeah, try and you have them. to go for it. Uh, fair. That's definitely fair to say. I think Chris Plies is better than Tyler George. Well, that's just the shoe situation. If if Tyler George put on a proper pair of shoes that was made, you know, at least in the twentieth century, then maybe, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe. And and 
you're right. They they have been getting better as it goes. Uh, I remember they played their first TV game on Sportsnet for one of the slams this year. Yeah. And John Schuster said, hey, that was really great that I finally got to do that, you know? Uh, but honestly, I'm looking at the rest of this list here, and it's getting to be some slim pickings. So, <laughs> so uh, that's why I've picked uh, John Schuster okay. for my number nine spot. All right. There's, of course, also the great clip of John Schuster. He makes a great shot. I believe it was at the Players' Championship, and nobody claps for him. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think it was Matt Hamilton said something. He's like, yeah, Canada. It's Canada. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're having fun, you know, they... they I think that they're well positioned to keep getting better. Okay. You know, it was more fun though when John Morris was there with them. Yes, that's right. He was there with them and and that was pretty great. That was fun. You're right, Sean. You're right. So as far as my 10th spot goes, I'm really torn because I had picked a team before we started recording. Okay. And I'm going to change it. Whoa. On the fly. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to change it to uh, the Matsumura team out of Japan. Okay. I'm going to pick them. Uh, they seem to be the strongest team right now in the Pacific Asia uh, region. We did see the Chinese team do quite well at the World Cup Grand Final. But but I think right now, if I'm looking at the PACCs for next season and handicapping it, uh, this team would be at the top of my list. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And for that reason, I'm going to put them in ahead uh, of that team I had previously selected. I like it. Yeah, a bunch of wins for them this season. Obviously, as you mentioned, the Pacific Asia, but they also won the Oakville Fall Classic when they were here. They won in Abbotsford, the event there, mm-hmm. another event, uh, or excuse me, the Japanese Championships, of course. So some solid performances for this team. And as you say, yeah, really a, an up-and-coming team. And, you know, men's curling in the Pacific Asia region, not quite as strong internationally as what we've seen out with the women. Right, and uh, as you say, this is a team that is is starting to, or this season at least, started to cement itself as a team that you know when you're looking into the region that this is maybe who you you got to pay attention to. Yeah, and last season we saw the Korean team break through at the World Championships, and then this year went back and uh, was not able to replicate that success. Sure. So, you know, that might be the case with Japan this year, of course, making it into the playoffs, but. I I have higher hopes for this team than for the the Korean men. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I so, think so. After after the season we saw, I think that is a, a fair conclusion. And, to and come to. you could even put them ahead of any of the previous three teams I've mentioned. Uh, sure. In in Matt Dunstone, and John Schuster, and the other one, Ross Patterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the other one. Yeah. So, yeah. did you want to know is, the team that this I, is your list? You yeah. Who did you bump for? That I bumped off Matt Samora. Uh, I bumped off Scotty McDonald. Yeah, that's the other one I was looking at. Yeah, they yeah. they had such a great year, but getting out of Ontario is going to be difficult again next year. Now they did it, they did it this year. Yep. But yeah, I think they're sort of knocking at the door. They're one of the up and coming teams. Yeah, just they they absolutely just came on like a house of fire this year and won a bunch of events. And the thing is, because they had such a great year, including winning that, uh, or excuse me, getting to the final of that tier two challenge thing at the the Grand Slam, they're going to play in more events now. They're going to have opportunity to play in the Grand Slams, more of them. You know, they've had these points banked now, so more opportunity to play and improve. And it's unlikely that they will skunk 
John Epping in the Ontario final again. But they should be certainly in the playoffs uh, at the Ontario Tankard. Yeah. And, you know, going into it, you would expect, and of course we have a whole fall season to get through, but that's what you would expect going into it of a final of those two teams. Yeah, and I'm really excited this year. The Ontario Championships are happening in Cornwall, just down the road from us here in Ottawa. So yeah. we'll be able to go and watch in person and see the true golden god that is Scott McDonald. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so as you said, you're not counting the new teams because I think this list would look a lot different if you could have Brad Jacobs on it, if you could have John Epping on it. Yeah, that was just a decision I made based on it's going to be so like so different a dynamic yeah. for these teams. Uh, you know, we've seen Matt Cam play third for John Epping for so long. It'll be different to have Ryan Fry in there playing yep. third. We don't know what that'll be like. And then, of course, on Brad Jacobs' team. You're only uh, bringing in one of the best players ever. <laughs> yeah, so obviously they're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, but I still want to see it a little bit. More than just a one, one-off one event. All right. So those two teams were in the top 10 of the Order of Merit, but of course with the changes. The other two teams that you bumped from your from the top 10 Order of Merit in your power rankings, Reed Carruthers, which I think is reasonable, yep. and Glenn Howard, which I also think is reasonable. Yeah, I, Reed Carruthers' team, they had a rough season, right? It, it, are they even Reed Carruthers? Are they McCruthers? McCruthers. Uh, team McCruthers, yeah. So I, I still think they can be good, yeah. but... I mean, they won four times. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a good team, but I, I just haven't seen it at the high level. Right? Yeah, so many missed playoffs, though. Yeah, so many missed. Oh my goodness, this is an obscene amount of missed playoffs. <laughs> um, Champions Cup, Tour Challenge, National Canadian Open, Players Championship, Masters, Shorty Jenkins, the Canadiens, and the Briar. All missed all playoffs. Missed playoffs. <laughs> wow, that's like eight events. Yeah, so. that's a lot of missed playoffs. Yeah, so there you go. So there's my list. Is there any other uh, major quibbles you have? I don't think so. I think overall, I think it's a fine list. I mean, you could talk me into Gunner being on there uh, and his team. They well, just play a lot, but also a team that has a change in the lineup right. uh, moving forward. So ineligible there. Otherwise, Stefan Wallstead, maybe if you're looking sort of forward thinking again, mm-hmm. you know, it's been resolved now that. Thomas Ulschrud is gone from Norway, yeah. and, and so Stefan Wall said, "I don't. I wonder if that team will get more opportunities, maybe yeah. more funding from within Norway, as the changing of the guard has officially happened now. So maybe that's a team that could capitalize on that situation, perhaps. Otherwise, no. You're you're sort of in the the Kirk Myers territory. Again, good teams that can be competitive, but not teams that are necessarily threatening." the top tier and mm-hmm. the world championship level, right? Yeah. You, you, you don't expect them to, to win a world championship next year. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do think that the Dunstone team has more talent than the Myers team, if they can harness it. Is that just because you can't tell the Marshes apart? So yes. you don't know who's it, who? You're 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan or Kevin, <laughs> I, I heard one of them uh, slides a little different. Oh. And that's how you can tell the difference. Okay. But, uh, who knows? <laughs> so, uh, so that'll do. So, run down your list for us again, there, Scott. From oh. uh, from ten to one. From ten to one. So, number ten is Matsumura Yuta Matsumura. Number nine, John Schuster. Number eight, Ross Patterson. Number seven, Matt Dunstone. Number six, Peter DeCruz. Five, Bruce Mowat. 
four, Brad Gushu, three, Brendan Botcher, number two, Nicholas Adine, and number one, Kevin Cooey. So there you go, Scott's top ten men's teams in the world right now that have not had lineup changes. So you can let us know on Twitter what you think of that list, or you can also let us know by email. So Scott, thank you. Safe travels. Enjoy Europe, buddy. Thanks, A. So uh, you can get in touch with the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com, on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Please do subscribe and rate the show. Helps other people find the content that we are producing. Over the summer, we will be with you, of course, every Wednesday over the course of the summer. So keep checking back with us. We'll be back with you next week. We'll recap what happened at the Gay Nationals here in Ottawa and give you a bit of a behind the scenes of how that event went down back in March, I think, is when that took place at some point earlier this spring. So until then... Keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.